be on Fidel's call today. Fidel, you do this call every week, is that right? I'm yes, only weekly, weekly brother, yes. yeah. Right. I'm only on it once a month, but Fidel runs this call weekly. So if you're new here or have others that uh, need this kind of uh, call in their life, this this time of instruction and fellowship, I invite you to invite them. Uh, I have to tell you right out the gate today is going to be. Uh, full of vision and purpose. I don't know how you came into the kingdom. I don't know how what expectations and things you have in mind concerning being a Christian, but I'm going to tell you uh, from the Word of God what the expectation is, and then we're going to pull our vision and purpose into that expectation according to the Word of God. I'm going to be teaching the Word of God. This is not up for debate. Uh, Certainly questions are welcome, but not debate. This is not up for debate. The truth does not have personal meaning. The truth means the same thing for everyone, okay? And so we are are teaching and preaching the Word of God, not my opinion about the Word of God. See, when you have teachers that teach with, they teach their own opinion of the Word of God, it does not have authority. The Word of God comes with authority when you teach it in spirit and in truth. When you teach it according to God's mind, according to God's intent, according to God's purpose and plan. So I have to tell you right at the gate, uh, that what you know my direction of speaking today who I am speaking to and why I'm speaking is because uh God wants to take over India and that is my I'm taking on that as my personal responsibility now I don't live in India I live in America so if you've got a foreigner that's willing to take personal responsibility to take over India I think you should take the same responsibility, especially if you live in India, okay? God's, we teach this a lot. I don't have time to teach the whole New Testament here. God's plan from the beginning. But I'm just going to highlight a few things concerning uh, how you've got to renew your mind, the perspective that you need to adopt in order to get the job done. God wants to take over the world. And the world is not going to be taken over by people just being saved, right? That's that's a a classic kind of thing that we hear in uh, church all around the world, to be saved. But salvation is both an event of being born again. It is a continual state of being renewed into the image of Jesus Christ in word and deed. And it is a a state that is yet to come when we receive the down payment uh, of the Spirit, which is our immortal bodies in uh, in the new heaven and new earth scenario that we read about in the New Testament. So God's entire purpose is to take over the world. Let's start with India. What do you say? Who's with me? Uh, but we're going to have to get an understanding of the mindset that it takes to take over. Okay? 
if you wanted to, uh, if if there was a nation that was invading India, uh, you wouldn't, you, you know, you would bring your armies together. You would bring your soldiers together. And the soldiers that you would send would not be made up of babies, right? They would, you wouldn't send one-year-olds and two-year-olds and three-year-olds out to battle. I mean, they can't even carry a weapon, <laughs> right? They're cute to look at, but they can't defeat the enemy in battle. Uh, you would send mature, uh, strong men. And in your case, I don't know if you send women into battle too. We do in America. But you would send strong people into battle who have been trained who are equipped, who have the skills to complete the task, okay? So concerning India, which I am taking, I'll say it again, personal responsibility to take over India with God's government. I take it, and I'm partnering with Fidel, and uh, some of you may know Amit, uh, Pastor Amit uh, Kenny, I think is his last name. So I'm partnering with these two and you, you, whoever wants to be a part of the kingdom of God advancing and overcoming India, uh, I invite you to work with us, okay? And we're putting plans together to come to India again for this expressed purpose and to raise up leaders who can train others for this purpose, okay? So let me make a couple comments about God's government, and then I'm going to talk about who you are and who you have to become in order to, uh, well, let's say it like this, who God has made you in order to participate in his government on the earth. Um, a real quick setup about this word government. I, I've been using it a few times lately. Maybe you're not familiar with hearing this word associated with church or Jesus or the Bible, but uh, we we see this word government in Isaiah chapter 9 when Isaiah is prophesying of the coming Messiah um, he is prophesying about the Messiah, saying that he is coming unto a, unto us. A child is born, a son is given, and he comes with a government of God on his shoulder. Okay, in the Hebrew, you can look it up. In the Hebrew, this word "government" can be translated "kingdom." Okay, so for whatever reason, in English, uh, they translated it "government," but it's essentially the same thing as kingdom, okay? Then we see Jesus coming, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, or the preaching of God's government. This word kingdom in the Greek can be translated as government. It means the, it literally means the same thing, okay? So kingdom is not just a super spiritual word that we use when we talk about the Bible. This is a word full of intention, full of purpose, and full of destiny concerning you and me and India, okay? Um, in fact, to take that one step further real quick, when Jesus says, uh, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, that word church in the Greek is ekklesia, and, he, and Jesus didn't make up this word church. He didn't make up this word ecclesia. Uh, in fact, I would say that church is not a good translation in English. Uh, he didn't make up this word. The Greeks made up this word. And the Greeks made up this word to describe a governance, a governing body of people 
uh, <clears throat> over the city-states of Greece. So Greeks governed themselves through a body, a council of people, and that is why Jesus said, upon this rock, uh, I will build my governing body, my council uh, uh, of government, uh, that it will be on earth as it is in heaven, that not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. So God's government, then, having said all this, we're recording this, and you can get it uh, later. Fidel, I'll send you the link. Fidel, I keep all these on my podcast. Okay, so um, government then must be personally represented. God's government, um, God's government, is not some ambiguous thing that just happens automatically. You know, there are people in the country of India that set up rules and laws to govern India. God has the same intention. Uh, the government of India is ruled by people who create and enforce these laws, okay? Now, the kingdom or the government of God is also carried out personally, or we can say it like this, God's government must be personally represented, okay? Now, we who are the representatives of this government? It is the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the church, the sons of God, okay? Now, God cannot govern in the earth. He cannot establish righteousness. He cannot overcome the kingdom of darkness in its works without a representative. Does that make sense? When you have uh, when I was in India, every now and then I would see someone who was uh, a, a policeman uh, or someone that's an authority who has been established to enforce some some laws, okay? So the government of India cannot enforce their rules about society uh, without a represented person there to hold people accountable. You and I, the ecclesia, the sons of God, are God's government to bring to bear the righteousness and authority of Jesus Christ over all the works of the devil and to liberate the captives who are the who are the entire race of humanity so that they can come into this kingdom they can come under God's governance okay and part of that governance uh, when that governance comes on you, what does that look like? You are born again. You receive his spirit. You are able to walk like him. That's called sonship. He adopted us as sons, but it's for a purpose that, he, that we could personally represent God's government. Okay, I keep saying that because I want to really reinforce it in your minds. You've got to change the way that you think about uh, yourself as a son of God, as a Christian. Hey, maybe you're not even born again, but I am telling you what the mindset of a Christian, a son of God, the church, the body of Christ should be according to the word of God, okay? Now, the more Christians' minds, the more, uh, the more Christians in India whose minds are renewed to begin to order their conduct as agents of God's government, the more 
evil will be suppressed in the world. The more evil will be suppressed in India and the more righteousness will begin to reign. Okay, Evil is not suppressed. The works of the devil are not destroyed. And people, people's minds are not renewed just by going to a Bible study or just by going to church on Sunday or whatever day you go. The works of the devil are destroyed. Let me say it like this again. Bring it back out to this high level. God's government of righteousness is established on earth as it is in heaven by people who renew their minds to begin to conduct themselves for that purpose. Okay? So remember my early analogy uh, I used at the beginning of this call that if India is invaded, we don't send an army of infants. We send an army of young men or possibly young women. We send an army of people who are equipped, who know why they're in the, uh, who know why ha- they have enlisted and they're ready to carry out the duties, whether by life or by death. Okay? This is what it means to be a son of God. We are enlisted, even Paul makes this reference in the New Testament, we are enlisted as soldiers who are ready to carry out the goal of God's kingdom, whether by life or by death. This goal is repeatedly stated over and over in the New Testament. Ephesians 1.9 is a great place to go that all things in heaven and all things on earth might be united in Christ. Okay, this is in line with even Jesus's words when he said, uh, when the disciples asked him to pray, he said, pray like this, your kingdom. Here's that word. Let's replace it with the word government so we can understand it better. Your government come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. And when Jesus sent out his disciples, he told them, preach <clears throat> the kingdom of God is at hand. Let's just say it this way. Preach, God's government is at hand. He commands men everywhere to repent and therefore heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach this message, set people free, renew, uh, disciple them, renew their minds so that they can conduct themselves like a government agent, we could say. I don't know if that's a term that you guys use in India much, but a government agent. We can say it like this, a government ambassador. That's a Bible word because uh, it says that we have been made amb- <clears throat> ambassadors of Christ. Right? We're not just walking around like, uh, look at me, I'm a Christian, you should be a Christian too. We are government ambassadors because we are here to, to um, overthrow to remove the influence of the world order, the present world system, this thing that locks people into ch- in chains, locks people's lives in addiction. It is, it is the rule of death in the world. And the goal of God's government is for God's will to begin to be done through its ambassadors that a new world, uh, we could say order, or a, a God's order from heaven 
will come upon this world. What does that look like? Look, you got tons of gods and religions over there in India. That that looks like removing all of their influence. Uh, You got a bunch of witchcraft and people doing uh, all kinds of ungodly, horrible things with witchcraft. That means removing that influence. Uh, You've got all kinds of corruption happening at all levels of the Indian government. Uh, It looks like removing that corruption, removing the influence. How do we do that? By binding the devil, by waving some flags in the air? No. We liberate people who are captive by the present world system into a new world system, which is God's government. And we have to disciple them, meaning their minds must be renewed to a new way of thinking in order that they could begin to conduct or walk in this new way, Jesus calls that your kingdom come and your will be done. See, the the government of God cannot be established without doing the will of God. And Jesus said, I'm here to, to show the will of God. I am the will of God in flesh. Okay? That's why John wrote this. As he is, so are we in this world. As he conducted himself, we are to conduct ourselves. And this is why we have leaders. This is why I'm talking to you today. Because I'm here to help you understand and to tell you to, to command the, the obedience to the word of God concerning your conduct. All right. Now, we're going to get to, to, to what God has done uh, in you to enable you to walk in this. Uh, this authority, this government, and walk in this purpose. All right, remember, what's our goal? We're going to take over India. We're going to remove the influence of the kingdom of darkness. Okay, how are we going to do this? First of all, we're going to renew our minds to begin to think in accordance with the word of God concerning these things, knowing that God's goal is to overtake the world. That's what Jesus said, Matthew 28. Behold, all authority has been given to me. Now you go, in this authority, go into all the world. Make disciples. What's a disciple? It's teaching someone to observe everything Jesus commanded to his original disciples. To walk in his way, in his purpose, with his mind, his words, and his conduct. So... India must be governed by God's sons. Okay? This is how we're going to get this done. India must be governed by God's sons. Now, I don't necessarily mean that you need to run for government office or or whatever, but I'm talking about God's plan, which is a spiritual plan, that changes the natural world. Okay? So when we operate as sons, when we think like a son, and when we do like a son, we are operating out of God's authority to bring his government into the world, which removes the influence of the devil. What does that look like? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach the gospel, see people born again, discipled, and walking in this newness of mind and newness of life. Okay? 
So India must be governed by his sons. Okay, these are sons that are equipped, that know the word of God, that are maturing, mature and maturing, not babies who don't know what the will of God is, not babies who can't even you know, carry the weapons, not babies who can't even comprehend what it means to go to war. We're talking about sons, and this is what we're supposed to reproduce, is sons who are mature and able to carry out God's will. Your kingdom come, your will be done, remember? All right, Galatians 6.14. I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures here. <clears throat> for as for me, Paul writing to the church in Galatia, far be it from me to be glorying except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom to me the world stands crucified, <clears throat> and I to the world. Paul right away is giving us a key to his mindset and the mindset of Christ, the world is crucified to Paul. There is a separation, right? This world's system, this world's order, uh, all the things that this world loves, all the things that this world goes for and craves for. Paul said, there is a death concerning the world to me. It's been crucified to me, and I have been crucified with the world. We, have n we no longer have anything in common. Verse 15, for neither circumcision is anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as many as by this rule are ordering their conduct, peace be upon them and mercy even upon the Israel of God. Okay, so what's Paul saying here? <clears throat> he is in this, just these few verses, these three verses, Paul is saying what really matters in this situation. You know, not circumcision, not observing days, not observing rituals. You know, what really matters? What's the difference that Christ has made? The difference is, and what really matters, and the only thing that matters is a new creation. And before you are saved, or before you are born again, the Bible says that your nature is sin. You are sin. You were sin. Okay? Therefore separated from God, therefore ruled by death, therefore your master was the devil. When you are reborn of the Spirit, you become a new creation. Now, we can use the word here because uh, if you study the Greek, we can use the word species. You are a new species. And if you study way down in the Greek, it's a species that's never existed before. Okay? Now remember, this new species started with Jesus. He came as the perfect man, as a sacrifice once and for all, he bore the penalty of sin and death on him, including sickness and disease, including all the things that came on, on the world through sin. He bore it, he went to the grave with it, and it was buried with him. Now, we were also 
buried with him, and when we believe on him, we are also raised with him in newness of life. That's what this is talking about. You are a new species of humanity. Okay? And you've got to begin to believe this about yourself. Let's enforce this understanding with some verses out of 2 Peter 1. I hope you're writing these down. These should be things that you meditate on, that you read over and over, that you get within yourself. 2 Peter verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, Peter's writing, he says, See that all things, seeing that all things to us, his divine power has generously given. Okay? Now, God, first of all, you're going to have to get this under your, uh, un- into your understanding. God has given us all things. It says it right here. His divine power has given us all things. It's in the past tense, has given us. Okay? You've got to understand this. I know that church has not taught you this. Church has taught you that God wants to give you things. That is not true. He, he has already given you, not just some things, all things. Let's move on. The things which pertain to life and godliness. Through the experiential knowledge of the one who called us into salvation by means of his own glory and virtue. And by the way, I'm reading out of the Weist translation. This is the most accurate English translation, you may not have heard of it, but um, you can get it anywhere, basically. It's a little different than the normal kind of standard translations out there. Just it, has to, it uses more words because the Greek is a much more vivid language. It's more complex than English. So uh, if you're going to translate Greek to English, you have to use more words to explain it fully. All right. So he's given us all things. His divine power has given us all things uh, uh, which pertain to life and godliness. Through the experiential knowledge of the one who called us into salvation, this is Jesus, by means of his own glory and virtue. By means of which glory and virtue there have been generously given to us the precious and exceeding promises in order that. So all these things that I'm talking about here, They have a purpose. When you see the words in order that or in order to or therefore or for the purpose of, you're about to read God's purpose uh, concerning what he's given to us. Here it is. That through these you might become partakers of the divine nature. Okay? That you might become partakers of... Of the divine nature. Remember what we just read from Galatians? Nothing matters except a new creation. And this is where everyone is missing it. They love to talk about, uh, you know, Bible stories. They love to talk about different principles from the Bible. They love to, con- you know, teach us about uh, celebrating days and rituals and things like this. But Paul is saying, this is what God's End goal is, his actual intention for sending Christ is to make us a new creation that we could become sons, which means we become partakers or participants in God's divine nature. 
You are a new creation because you have received God's divine nature. Now, this, these two words, divine nature, in the Greek, mean this. Divine is theos. Nature is physis or physis. Okay? It's, uh, it's theos is like God. Uh, physis is like physical. But here's what it means, literally, in the Greek. He has made us a species of God-like origin. What, how else can we say this? He has made us a godlike humanity. By being born again, by receiving the infilling and baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have become a new creation, a, a species of godlike origin. Everything about you was made new. Now, for you to walk in this, you have to believe what it is says you have to become obsessed with walking in who it says you are and what is who was the the first example uh, of a species of humanity of godlike origin Jesus Christ Jesus Christ he is the pattern he is the blueprint he is the firstborn of all creation the firstborn of a new humanity, of the firstborn among many brothers, okay? So if we're a brother to Jesus, that doesn't just mean, hey, oh, he's my big brother, yay, we're pals. No, no, no. That means you share in his origin. You have the same father. Thereby, you have the same DNA. You have the same nature. And the reason why India is in the shape that it is in, uh, and I could speak for America too, but we're talking to, to you today about India, who we're going to overtake with the kingdom. The reason India is bound by witchcraft and foreign the worship of foreign gods and corruption and sin and death and addiction and on and on is because we have not had enough Christians, enough sons, who have devoted themselves to walking in the divine nature. We haven't seen in India a human, a human species of godlike origin who walks in the authority of Jesus Christ. Who walks in the ability to give life like Jesus Christ. See, being a Christian or being a son of God is not about just being able to pray to God for to get answers to problems. He made you the answer to the problem. Remember, upon this rock I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When you see Jesus sending out his disciples and apostles, he, he tell them to do things like go into the cities where I myself am about to enter and heal the sick that are there. Go in and remove the opposition. Remove sickness and disease. Remove death. <clears throat> remove the influence of, of death, sickness, and hell. And my promise to you is that the gates of hell shall not be able to stop the government of God 
as represented by these new creation of ambassadors who walk, who are a new species of humanity and walk according to God's nature because they have been made partakers of God-like origin. Colossians 2, chapter 2, let's uh, make our final statements here. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Paul writing to the church at Colossae, In the same manner, therefore, as you received the Christ, Jesus the Lord, in Him be constantly ordering your behavior. You have no right to walk or conduct yourself in any way except in the order and behavior and conduct of Christ. What, what, how did Jesus Christ conduct himself? The Bible says he went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. For this purpose, he said, uh, was the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. He went from place to place, city to city, region to region. And the Bible says that when he went into the region, uh, all the sick were brought to him and he healed them all. He healed entire regions and he left them healed. He left them free. He left them with light. This is God's divine order. This is his government to remove the oppression Remember what, uh, I think it's Luke 10, 19. Fidel, you can be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, uh, who went around doing good, healing all those who were what? Oppressed of the devil. Oppression needs to be removed. And God sent you to remove it. Oh, how how can this be? How can I? Oh, I'm just I'm just a poor sinner. I'm... You know, God, I'm just here to enjoy God and worship Him and love Him. No, you're not. Okay? Is being a son enjoyable? Hallelujah, yes. Do you have the ability to have intimate communion with God, continual communion with God at all times? Yes, I hope you are. But we cannot divorce what God has done from His purpose for doing it. He has made you a son. Hallelujah. Now... Let's start doing the purpose from which he's called us. I see the thing here. I got to wrap up. Okay. I'm going to jump down to this. Um, Verse 8 in Colossians 2 Be ever on your guard, lest there shall be someone who leads you astray through his philosophy. All kinds of preachers out there will preach against what I am saying, which is the word of God. Do not let them lead you astray. Let's jump down to verse 9. Here is the crux of the issue. Here is the higher purpose. Here is the point I'm trying to make. All the fullness of absolute deity in bodily fashion, that's Jesus, and you are in him. Having been filled full with the present result that you are in a state of fullness. Now, He just described you. What does it mean to to be a son? Here's what it means. Past tense. Having been completely filled full. Okay? Regardless of what you feel, if you are born again and receive the Spirit of God, you have been filled completely full, period. Okay? 
Now, what's that mean? It means this. With the present result that you are continually in a state of fullness. Okay? Having been filled completely full, past tense, it's done. You are filled completely full with the result that you are in a state of fullness. That is what it is to be a son of God, to live in a state of fullness. Regardless of what you feel, you have to believe the word of God. Now, what's the last statement here? In him. You, have, you, you are in a state of fullness in him who is the head of every principality and authority. So God has made you the instrument of his government in the earth with the purpose of removing the influence of the enemy, liberating captive humanity, making them disciples, and teaching them to, to become sons of such maturity that they understand I am in a constant state of fullness and I now what's the left to do? The only thing that's left to do is obey the word of God and begin to get a mindset. We are here to take over India. We are here to release India from centuries and eons of captivity. How are we going to do this? Because we have been made the answer because he that is in us is the head of every principality and authority. He who is in you, Indian Christians, is the head of every Indian false god, of every Indian witch, of every uh, Indian uh, you know, adoption of spiritism and all of these things. You have been made the head of of this authority because he lives in you and you are in a constant state of this fullness. Amen. All right? So get your mind renewed. Meditate on these things. Understand this. And then begin to take responsibility. Take responsibility like someone who has been given authority to act, which is you and me in Jesus' name. Seven minutes left, Fidel. What do you want to do? So uh, now, uh, since seven minutes are there, uh, anybody wants to ask questions or comment or uh, for ministering of healing, deliverance, you can unmute and you can do, do so. All right, is there anyone here that needs healing? There are people on this call that need to be healed. Let us know in the chat or just speak up. We got one. Anybody else? I'm going to pray for you all at once, whoever needs healing. Anyone else? I just want to stand in the gap for some of them who could not make it on this meeting. So just standing in the gap for them. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, in Jesus' name, if you 
have issues that need to be healed, or if you know someone who has, has issues, we're going to pray like Jesus prayed when the centurion came and said, my servant needs to be healed. And Jesus said, I'm going to come to your house. And the servant and the centurion said, no, 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 just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Okay. So whether you on this call needs to be healed or it's someone else, uh, like Lynette, you said, uh, you know, someone, you know, this word is about to be sent to them. Uh, for the purpose of healing. And I believe that when I send this word, it, the work is done, healing happens, okay? Now, in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Sickness, disease, spirit of pain, false pain, spirits of infirmity, listen to the voice of the word of God right now. In the name of Jesus, who is the head of every principality and authority, I break your power now. Leave that person right now. In Jesus' name, you must go now. Right now. All pain, all physical conditions, all impairments, all disabilities, be healed now. Right now. And every person be filled with life and healing and health. Be made whole from head to toe in Jesus' name. Now, those of you on the call who have issues, begin to do what you could not do. Uh, if you could not, if you had pain, check to see if the pain's there. Uh, you'll find, I believe, that it has left you. If you could not do something before, like stand or walk, Begin to do that. Uh, if you are uh, believing for other people, after this call, call them. Get them on the phone. We just prayed for you. Do something that you could not do before. Okay? In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anybody would like to testify here who uh, just now received healing? Please unmute and... Testify. Glorify Most High, Almighty God. I don't know who the one that raised their hand is. I don't know what your. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Jason, uh, Jason Cardozo. Do you have a. I, we saw your hand up. So. Just do what you couldn't do before, Jason. I don't know what it is that was the issue, but just do what you couldn't do before. You'll find that you're free in Jesus' name. All right. Fidel, I guess I'll turn it back to you. We're about out of time here, I think. Yeah, we have two minutes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, this faith series is a continuation. Uh, next week, we are also going to continue and we teach, as Brother Clint was saying, how we command healing. It's not praying for healing. It's commanding in the name of uh, Jesus. 
because all authority is now with Jesus and the believer who believes in Jesus. So those who are interested should join and tell others also and join here. It's a series. So we continue and we also work over uh, areas where the disciples also, uh, where Jesus corrected them. So those areas also we see. So we meet next Sabbath and we thank Brother Clint for his time, his precious time because he has now worked in the kingdom. He will be going door to door. So we thank you, Brother Clint, and we see you uh, soon. All right. Thank you, everyone. Love to all. Blessings. Thank you, brother. Yes, ma'am. Love to all. Blessings. Blessings. Thank you.